Hey guys, welcome to the Late Night Social. Uh, I'm here with my friend Will. What's up? Jacob. Yo. What's your name? Derek. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> and we have a very special guest tonight. Justin is here with us. Hello. And uh, as always, we're going to start with the top five. But first, uh, make sure you follow us on our Instagram, the late night underscore social. Uh, and for all you boomers, you can email us at the late night social at gmail.com. <laughs> Um, so tonight we're doing our top five. We're doing our top five adult purchases. And we couldn't come up with a better name for that, but it's not what you think. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so we'll just go with it and uh, you'll get the you'll get the gist once so, we get into uh, it. Moving on. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go first. Now, right. Number five for me is, is my humidor. Mm. So keep my cigars fresh because as we talked about a few weeks ago, that's my favorite. favorite one of my favorite hobbies is chilling, smoking cigars. So... Um, Number four, um, we uh, thanks to Hammond Construction, we did a uh, complete remodel on our on our bathroom, and we did a um, pretty much created a whole spa experience in our bathroom. So we have like the the huge walk-in shower, and we do like spa music and the whole deal. So that was that was a big purchase for us. Um, number three, more than anything I've ever done in my life, this thing gave me peace of mind more than anything. That was my vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing in this one. world will ease your mind like a vasectomy. I mean, that's fair. It's definitely an adult purchase. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the insurance company for paying for it. Uh, number two, uh, we went from a, a queen size bed to a very expensive king size bed. Is that like a California king or just a king? I don't know the difference. But it's huge, and it was expensive, but it was so worth it. And then number one favorite adult purchases is my house. Yeah. Because renting renting sucks. Yeah. So. It's a waste of money, in my opinion. If you have yeah. to do it, I mean, I get it. But so. All right. Who's taking it? I'll take it. All right. Um, so just to be clear, um, I haven't been an adult that long, so making grown-up <laughs> purchases... Uh, isn't something that I've done that often, but I tried to pick a couple. Um, one for me would be vacations. Um, it's not something you pay for as a kid or a teenager or something like that. Um, but it's definitely, I think like the best part of being a grown up is like going somewhere with your people or your person. So that would be one for me. Two for me is my base. Um, funny story. I bought it on credit, never paid the credit card payment and so i had horrible horrible credit because of it did your base um, get repoed no <laughs> no i eventually paid it off which is funny like i had some money sitting in savings enough to pay it i would just forget to pay the payment so yeah anyways i'm terrible with with stuff like that so lucky that that i married someone who keeps up with it um number three for me is uh, the house I'm in currently, even though it's not, uh, we learned after we moved in that it's not in the absolute best part of town. <laughs> um, it's still nice to have your own place and um, be able to do stuff to it, like make it your own, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Uh, number four is my car. Um, it is a 2011 Corolla. Oh. Um, but for me, it is definitely... Uh, something that's been trustworthy that I haven't have really had to worry much about. Um, so it's always it's always been something that I will say before that I had really bad luck with cars. 
Like I had a car catch fire once. I was gonna say, can you tell that story? Yeah, go ahead and tell it real quick. <laughs> um, so basically, I was driving. Uh, started seeing smoke come from like under the hood. I was like, oh, my car's overheating. So I was like, stop at a stop sign. I get out, pop the hood. I couldn't figure out where the smoke was coming from. So then this guy runs up behind me. He's like, bro, you better get away from that. It's on fire. And I was like, what? So I looked underneath and uh, like flames were reflecting off the pavement. I was like, whoa, it is on fire. Um, So yeah, uh, that is my car catching fire story. Um, So yeah, uh, this car has been a lot more trustworthy. Um, Number five for me is I buy a lot of symbols because I end up breaking them and buying more. Um, And if you don't know, symbols are pretty expensive. Um, Like a ride symbol is like five to six hundred dollars. So you buy that and then three hundred dollar crash symbol, four hundred dollar pair of hi hats. Like it gets it gets expensive quick. So but uh, yeah, that's my top five. Derek, you want to hit us with yours? I will, and I'll bring us back to the rhythm since uh, Jacob decided he wanted to break it again and start with his number one. So I'll start with number five. Um, <laughs> so number five for me is my shoes, because growing up I didn't have uh, the most money in the world. So like, Aww. screw you, <laughs> says the pastor's kid. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I didn't have the most money so like i always wanted like nicer shoes so when i had adult money i decided why not go ahead and shoot for it um number four is my tattoos um so people who haven't seen me in person uh, i've got quite a few on my arms um and i just i love art in general but like wearing people's art is and we've talked about it before but i just i really i don't know i just i think it's really cool i like doing that but um, so that's just an investment into myself. Um, number three is my pedal board and like my guitar slash just gear in general. Um, bro, how much have you, have you put into your pedal board? Not a rough estimate. Just my current one. Yeah. Uh, 3,200. Sheesh. Yeah. And that's to get it like right where I wanted it to. So I'm finally after years and years and years satisfied with what I have for now until that changes. Didn't you just get a new drive? It's like a pink one. No. I thought... Uh-uh. No. Okay. No, it's I, I switched them out, but yeah, I, I the other one I sold, my um, uh, HS5 state, my Walrus audio. Gotcha. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but no, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, gear, like the same thing with symbols, like it costs quite a bit, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, it's worth the investment, especially if you're heavy into playing music and stuff. It's it's a good investment. Um, For sure. Number two would be my house. Because, like Paul said, renting is for the birds. And I am out on that. And, you know, you just you can do whatever you want with. I kind of miss renting. Because, like, for us, we've Because they take had, care of stuff for you? Yeah, like, we've yeah. had so much stuff with our house. Yeah. Um, that just like goes wrong and like we have to pay for people to come out and fix it. Right. This, yeah. that, and the other. So like I miss renting just being able to call someone. Oh, like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely perks, but I, I just see it. I, I see more cons than I do pros. And like, 
Yeah, so you get a house eventually. Like at first, it's like kind of rough because of the money situation and having to fix stuff. But I mean, in the long run, it adds value. So especially here because like where I grew up, like people rent because you literally can't buy a house. But here yeah, you, you can't can buy a house it. for less than you pay for rent for a one bedroom apartment. So yeah, exactly. I mean, it's 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 not worth the money you put into it in the long run. Once you add everything up and you actually look at it on paper, it's just not. Yeah, and like like I said, if people have to do that. Because that's just, that's your situation. I totally understand that, but yeah, if you can buy a house, it's the way to go. Um, and then number one, which I put my house below this, but it is my truck because <laughs> I wanted a truck for like 15 years and just it wasn't it wasn't achievable budget wise. So when it was finally time for me to get another car, we needed a bigger family vehicle, and my wife told me to go ahead and look for a truck. So I jumped on the opportunity before she changed her mind. So. Sweet. But that is... Justin, you want to hit us with your top five? Yeah, definitely. Real quick, by the way, um, guys, this is Justin Walker. Um, he is a tattoo artist here in Greenville, and uh, he made a special visit um, to come hang out with us and tattoo us. So um, if you guys don't know, um, this is him, and uh, we're super glad to have him on the pod tonight. I'm super pumped to be here, man. Thank you guys for inviting me. Absolutely. This is fun already. Um, yeah, so my top five, in no particular order, unfortunately. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I'm going to go with um, my books. So not just books that I read, but my art books are super special to me. I feel like they're the biggest inspiration behind my art styles, behind how I tattoo and why I tattoo. And then, of course, just any good read that I find. Um, my prints like art prints that i've gotten from other tattooers over time i have some prints that like they don't even make anymore so it's just they they have that novelty and that that treasure you know it's like i know this person will never be able to get this ed hardy print kind of thing right you know like that stuff's so special to me it's it sounds a bit cocky but it's at the same time it's like i totally yeah it's my treasure i love that stuff um my fly rod like fishing is so fishing so i want to hear more about that oh we will i'm sure we will quick hot take a few of us last week and you'll hear the episode soon well before this one you'll hear it so you've already heard at this point but a few of us said that fishing was boring we wouldn't get into it oh yeah (laughs) i I disagree but i've never been fly fishing this is much different than your conventional right you know Drop grandpa a fishing right. yeah no that's not what we're doing we're, yeah. we're going out there we're imitating the forage we're right getting in the river to our right. waist like it's it's an adventure more than it is an actual yeah. you know just tailgate experience but i love my fly rod because it's it's like it's just kind of that one thing i have that doesn't connect me to the things that stress me out right yeah <laughs> like i love tattooing but it stresses me out yeah and like i love my family there's just moments where it's so stressful yeah, of course like, fishing i could be i could catch nothing and be pumped yeah um my business i had to put that in there because that's like once i learned that you only make money when you spend money that mindset kind of like really shifted into like, oh, it's fun to spend money on my business. And right. it kind of got yeah. me out of that fear of buying things that I need or wanted for tattooing. Yeah. And especially just finding out that everything I 
buy is for tattooing anyway. Right. It's just funny. Can you write it off? Oh, yeah. 100%. Even better. Everything I'm doing now, I can write off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even better. When, once you learn that everything you do is connected to your business, everything gets written off. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> Please, let's not let the IRS know that one. Know <laughs> uh, what? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever you're talking about yeah, is not what I'm talking about. They might be the, be the only ones listening. Jacob honestly. Hammond <laughs> is his name. Jacob Hammond. They got an AI I, scouting it already. Yeah, <laughs> I, I write everything off the like. I, it's everything. the smartest thing to do. That's yeah. literally why we have tax codes is so that you can do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Trump. Thank you, Trump. <laughs> Praise God, Trump. Thank you. Now the last one is. Um, uh, I built my own computer, so mm. I have go. to put that in there because yeah. that's just something you'll have for a lifetime, especially in this day and age. So mm. it's done everything from play games to edit videos and to handle my businesses. So yeah. do you do a lot of your artwork on the computer or you do most of that like on, by hand? I do a lot of my digital work, like graphic design on the computer, but for the most part, everything's done by hand. Yeah. Nice. So do you... Yeah. That just made me think. Do you still do like graphic design, like on the side, or is tattooing just strictly your? I've actually one? never done graphic design on the side. Okay. Yeah, well, I never I learned. Curious. Yeah, I just kind of picked it up and started using Canva and Procreate. And just yeah. kind of tried to look at like tattooing through a digital eye. Mm-hmm. So um, no, I just mostly use Canva for okay. graphic design. Gotcha. Sweet. Dope. Yeah. Willie, you got a top one or two for us? Passing the mic over. Yeah, I got a, I got a top one and two. Uh, number two, I'm going to put my house. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of downsides to having a house, so that's not why it's not number one. Kind of like Jacob said, just a more responsibility. Yeah. You know, just you're reminded of. That's why mine wasn't number one too, because you know, yeah. and then you got to pay for it every month too. And that's why number one is my golf clubs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, very very similar to to, um, to Justin's with the fly rod. When I'm using my golf clubs, nothing else matters. Yeah, my phone is in the glove box of the golf cart, and I look at it when I want to look at it. But I'm usually not Gl- glove box. What would you call that little compartment? In what the, did you just call it? I call it the glove, <laughs> a glove box. box. A glove box. Glove. glove. Like in a car. Oh yeah. But glove on a box. golf cart, I don't. There's a little. There's a little hole there. I don't know. Are you similar to Justin in that? Like, if he doesn't catch a fish, he's still happy. Even if you don't hit a solid <laughs> golf shot, you're happy. <laughs> That's not true at all. Hey. <laughs> what the saying is: a bad day on the golf course is better than a good day at work. Every single time. That's true. Yeah. I think that was stolen from fishing, though. <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> the oldest profession. Been fishing a lot longer than people been playing golf. So that's fair. My grandpa used to say that that golf is a is a nice walk spoiled by a little white ball. <laughs> oh, that's almost <laughs> racist. Yeah. All right, we're gonna do a pee break real quick. <laughs> so, I'm gonna get set up to get tattooed, and that's the one. So we will be back. All right, pee break. Pee break. So we are back from the pee break. Uh, it was a very great pee break, in case anybody wanted to know. Um, so we uh, we Jacob touched on it already a little bit, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it again. So yes, yeah, so we have Justin Walker here. He's a local tattoo artist in Greenville, um, and he has tattooed three of us in this room. 
He's uh, tattooing me right now. Exactly. So we, yeah, I just, I shot him a message and was like, dude, this is an idea we have. I don't know if you're down. And he was like, I'm a hundred percent down, but only if you're there. And I was like, dude, yeah, I'll absolutely be there. And he's like, well, if you're not there, then I'm not coming. I was like, it's cool, dude. I'll be there. Um, <laughs> Cap, shut up. Um, so yeah, but yeah, we just, we asked him, you know, at least just to be on a podcast and he's like, dude, I'm down for whatever. So yeah, we're just, we're out here and getting tattooed live as we're recording and that's the sound you're hearing in the background i've never tried to talk while getting tattooed it's an interesting experience isn't it yeah how hard is it why don't you tell me <laughs> y'all make me talk the whole time while i tattoo yeah you should be more worried about him than yourself <laughs> that's all right um but yeah that's that's what we're we're doing tonight and we're just we're gonna keep going with it yeah so justin you have a uh you have a tattoo shop that you're working on the process of opening. I am. Yes, I do. Would you mind telling us a little bit about the process? Oh, my gosh, man. Yeah, it's been wild. So back in 2020, I put a deposit down on a building that was going to be brand new construction. So it was a brand new building that was going to be built. And um, it was going to be right in the heart of the village of West Greenville. And hold on one sec. Let me get this line. You're good. Um, yeah, so it was going to be right in the heart of the village, West Greenville, which I thought was like perfect location because um, I had just left my dad's shop, which was in Greer, in kind of like middle of nowhere, truly middle of nowhere. Like, I think we were next to like a BMW plant, and now it's an asphalt company that's right next to the shop so can concur yeah i've been there and uh <laughs> it definitely is out there it is out there it's a I'm, cool little shop though i love it yeah i'm i'm really grateful for my for my origins though truly and you know my dad and i built that shop in 2012 um is when we first opened so i was with my dad for seven years and then you know 2020 rolled around I put a deposit down on a building after I left my dad's shop, um, which was kind of a funny story because I really actually didn't plan on opening my own shop. I actually planned on being part of a buddy's shop that he was going to open up, which was going to be the first one in downtown Greenville. And long story short, he ended up moving back to Georgia and I was kind of left, you know, just trying to figure out what I, w I was going to do. I was, I was honestly in between moving to back to California at one point, it's <laughs> kind of feeling lost a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then this opportunity came around to open up a tattoo shop in the village of West Greenville. And I just like, I couldn't pass it up because the building was perfect and it was going to be really cool. And yeah, I was really excited about it. So I put a deposit down. Um, this building had, I mean, delay after delay after delay. Like, it just didn't seem to stop. First, it was the power lines, you know, were in the way. So they had to call um, Spectrum to come move them. And they took about a month or, or so to come and move that. And then the city approved the wrong plans by accident or... It, it just was one thing after another. And yeah, I mean, when it rains, it pours. It, truly, yeah, absolutely. So, flash forward to, or fast forward to. Uh, I like flash forward. I like flash That's forward better. too. I don't know where flash came from. I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So fast forward to, um, what is it, summer of 2022, and we had just gotten the city to approve a um, special exception for us to put a tattoo shop in the village West Greenville. So a little backstory on that is this is the first time a tattoo shop has been able to operate in downtown Greenville. Right. Wow. Yeah, since it became legal in 2004. So tattooing is only about, what is that, 19 years old, almost mm-hmm. 20 years old. Wow. And That's crazy. they were never able to put a tattoo shop down here just because of zoning regulations and, you know, whatever other reason there was. So it, it, it was an ordeal to, to get it to to work, but surprisingly, it it, it was um, a lot of people were really supportive of us coming down there. So it, that made it a lot easier. Not as much pushback as I had thought there was. I think whenever you do the kind of work that you do and people see it, they're like, yeah, we want that dude in in our city. I'm I'm really grateful here, but I I wouldn't know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's um it's such a it's a, it's an interesting world that I grew up in with tattooing, you know? It was it was very secret, it was very safe. It was yeah. You know, the the tradition that my dad gave me was something that you only learned from a master and now you get it from a master class. Like it's, right. it's yeah. completely different. So the right. way that I cherish it isn't the same as my peers, which I'm grateful for, but it, it also definitely kind of affects the way that I think people view my craft and trade. You know, do they right. see it that way or not? And just to have the support that I have had behind it is really like overwhelming and surprising. Like I still kind of like have moments there where I'm like, yeah, do they really mean that? Or is right. it, you know, <laughs> well, I think, I mean, like, I mean, and Jacob kind of hinted on it, but like, I think, I mean, you may not know it, but people who like meet you and then talk to you and then especially people who get tattooed by you, at least I know for the three of us in this room and then, um, our wives have all been tattooed, tattooed by you as well. I, I've been tattooed by a lot of different artists and been in many different tattoo studios and stuff. Um, and I feel like you, you bring the best conversation by far and not just general conversation, but on a personal level. Um, and the biggest thing for me when I get tattooed is knowing that I can sit down and trust my artist in many different ways. One of the biggest ways for me is knowing that I can have a conversation that's just not about, you know, and, uh, and I'm not hating on any particular artist, but like a lot of artists can, can be rough. Studios can be rough. Sure. And the atmosphere doesn't really bother me. It's kind of whatever. I know what I'm going into, but it's good to have a conversation that's meaningful and you walk away, not just getting a tattoo, but creating a bond as well. Hmm. And then people who, you know, meet you can feel that energy off of you because of the way you carry yourself, Hmm. not just as an artist, but as a person. Um, So I think that's really what Jacob was touching on too, is like that energy is felt by everybody. And I don't think it's a coincidence that this is working out for you in an area that for so long has been like, absolutely not. Well, like you know. if you if you get a tattoo by Justin, you feel like you've gained a friend. Right. That's the maybe, thing. Is maybe not everyone. But speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean. That, but I've always felt that. Now listen right. here. I I came here to tattoo not to not to be cry not to start crying on. Well, <laughs> listen. Podcast. One of the Damn things it. we say in our uh, in one of our intros and in our bio and stuff is we're gonna laugh. We're going to roast each other, and one of us is going to cry, and tonight it's going to be you. So, <laughs> I did have a question for you, Justin. So a couple yeah. weeks ago, we talked about 
um, how some of us, our hobbies are our career also. Yeah. So I was curious about your thoughts about like how you, how you juggle having a career and a passion and how you balance those two things. Oh man, it feels like a balancing act. I mean, it feels like I'm on edge. I don't know if I really do it well, honestly, like sometimes I think for me personally is like, because hobbies are such a investment for me. So even if I, you know, for example, have a hobby in video games, I'm thinking some way or another, how can I use this purposefully, mindfully, and intentionally? Right. Um, and that's kind of the only way that I can justify investing into that. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the sense of purpose allows me to be able to look at it as you know, purposeful for my enjoyment, but also purposeful for my purpose for mm -hmm. whatever that is, you know, that the Lord has for me or for my family and for my friends and for people or whatever that may look like. I just, just kind of wing it most of the days. Some days it looks like I don't do it at all, you know, but mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, I spend a lot of my off time drawing. I spend a lot of it studying, so I, I kind of hold um, it in two hands of this is my greatest joy, but this is also my greatest study. You right. know, this is mm -hmm. this is a lifelong study that I've committed to because I have friends, family, and people that want to get tattooed by someone that knows what they're talking about and cares what they're doing. Yeah. So I I, I don't know I, I I have to like that's kind of the the catch of like this trade is like you know you you're you're an ambassador of cultures you're an ambassador of god you're an ambassador of i mean you know i can touch on that more but you're an ambassador of false gods too yeah. so right. you, you you've got to know your your and if you don't you're kind of spotted really quickly by your peers um which is kind of scary because i don't know all my so even saying that out loud it's like <laughs> yeah do I know everything? No, but that's that's kind of the great thing about being a student for life is that you're always learning. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and you, you said it a second ago, but like, you know, you have family and friends and stuff who want to get tattooed by you, and not just because like, yeah, they know you and they want to support you, but you know, they they trust you because you're not going into the tattoo with this is another client for another paycheck. You're going into the tattoo because like they care about you, want to support you, but you care about them. And the quality and what you're giving them, what you're providing them, because you're passionate about what you mm. do and not just the paycheck behind what you yeah. do. So I think that makes a huge difference. I guess that's so that's so different for me to hear that from because I put that I I do everything I can to try to put that into what I sure. do for the most part. But yeah, I guess I didn't realize other people were catching on it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, they're on to me. You're all good, man. I got you done. Sweet. Beautiful. I'm kind of envious of that because my job that I do is like there's no passion in it. There's no it's literally just a paycheck and so mm -hmm. it's part of me is like, man, I wish I had something that Let's that go. I could like blend the two, a passion and a career, you know. I'm gonna be honest with you, I hated tattooing for the first five years. Really? I was miserable. I felt I was so excited to get into it. I had every desire and passion to be, you know, the great artist. And then my ego got squashed and I hated it. I was just like, this is so hard. This is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And I just felt like I couldn't get it, yeah. you know? And then I met 
Jay Chastain around my fifth or sixth year. Um, Wait, is he from Greenville? No, he's in Spartanburg. He's actually kind of like originally just from, well, I don't know how to really describe his origin because he's kind of from all over the place, but gotcha. he um, owned Empire in Asheville. And yep. then he moved down here and he opened Heartbreakers Tattoo. But he was, at this time, he was working with, um, he was working for my dad. And so he was kind of in the shop for a while while he was getting stuff figured out for Chastain Tattoo, which was his first tattoo shop in Spartanburg, I believe. And um, I was just like, he just showed me a, a whole side of tattooing that I didn't really expose myself to and kind of showed me the charm and the beauty that I fell in love with it. And it just woke it up hmm. in me yeah. like a, yeah. like a sleeping giant dude. I was like, this is, this gets me. This is, yeah. this is what has me. And it was, it was legible. I could understand it. It was like, my brain was connecting every little dot that I was missing to, to being passionate toward tattooing. Right. Hmm. Once I unlocked that, then it was like, Oh, there's not really much I can't do. I just mm -hmm. got to figure out how to get there. Right. Yeah. And that pursuit is what I really started to fall in love yeah. with. Was like, how do I how do I get to be like Ed Hardy? How do I get to be like Tim Lee High? How do I get to like all these artists that yeah. I just fell in love with? Mm -hmm. you right. Know? So I don't I don't know if it really like I don't know if it really matters what you do per se. It's it's just the driving force. You know, that's what I found for me, but what are you passionate about? Then again, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. then again, it's like, how easy is that in certain jobs? Like, that's where my privilege kicks in. And I just feel like I don't have any room to speak, you know? Because, right. like, I was so privileged with tattooing because of my dad, you know? Mm -hmm. Obviously, like, I mean, I did my first tattoo on my dad when I was 13. So, from that's then, crazy. I knew I wanted to tattoo. Yeah. And I, and I just was like... I'm either going to be a youth pastor or I'm going to tattoo. <laughs> I was like 13. I knew that it was, it was going to be one of those two and doors slammed in my face with, with pastoring. So I was like, okay, like tattooing it is, but I, I hated it for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't until, you know, I fell in love with it that it really mattered. Right. And I started to find that sense of purpose and connection with it. So it was a job for a while. It was until... a terrible job yeah. for a while. <laughs> I, I think that's actually the first time I ever said that out loud. I don't think anyone's yeah. ever really gotten that out of me before. Cause like, you're welcome. It, thank you. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I mean, you, you had to find yourself. And then once you found that, I guess it's like the same concept. Like you, you can't love somebody else or any other thing until you learn how to love yourself. And then once you find that, then you can open up so many other doors to yeah. whatever aspect of life you're in. Yeah. I guess in a way it's like that. Yeah. It's like, I didn't know tattooing really was my thing until I found what I loved in tattooing. And then I was able to connect it with that part of me that goes, yeah, I love this. I love what I'm looking at now. Right. I love what, what this is telling me. And this is trying to talk to me, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't, that was, it's such a, it's such a funny thing because it's like, you do find yourself in the sense of like, I'm connecting with this, but then you gotta, you go through the process of losing that part of you that interferes with your progression toward the thing you desire to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like there is a part of me that learned 
to tattoo and to be involved in tattooing for so long that wasn't going to serve me in my next progression of, you know, level up, so to speak, or, you know, just what I wanted to do in tattooing. So right. it's funny, though, because it's like I feel like from that point forward, I kind of started to go down a self-awareness path. And then that's when I started to see like, oh, yeah, I can't really talk to people like that. I can't really I can't really think like that anymore. You know, who was I really in tattooing? Well, I love Jesus and I'm not going to let go of that. Yeah. So how do I how do I, you know, marry the two worlds, bridge the gap? between these two things that should be opposing in the right. eyes of society right yeah. kind of thing i would say that's one of my most favorite things about justin is like i mean you walk into a tattoo shop it's a tattoo shop but justin like we've had i would say phenomenal conversations about faith as as i'm getting tattoos and um i don't know like uh which I think that you have some cool perspectives on it from like I guess your background with tattooing and like you said the the doors that slam shut in your face mm-hmm. being a pastor. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think like that's another cool thing is that um you know for me I I believe that these two worlds uh should collide in a way and mm-hmm. that you've done that in oh wow. in a great way. Yeah, um, that is something that actually struck me the you. first time that that you did a tattoo for me. I didn't, you didn't know me from Adam. I just went on your Instagram and booked and you weren't necessarily talking to me, but there was somebody else in the room that you were and You were just open about your faith and that kind of thing. And I was like struck by like, wow, this guy is like, he's not ashamed of, of his beliefs or what he feels like. He's just really talking about it in a space that most people wouldn't be comfortable with. And so that, that stuck with me. Wow. And that was over a year ago. So that's crazy. And, yeah. I've never heard that. And wow. I love how real you are about it too. Oh yeah. Like, uh, I think last time, uh, whenever I got my line, um, I asked you, I was like, so, uh, you know, do you go to church anywhere this, that, and the other? And you were just like, <laughs> dude, I, I just don't feel like that. That's something that I have to do right now. And like, I just love how real, um, you are about like, yes, I love Jesus and there's purpose here, but like also this is a little bit of the reality of who I am and where I'm at, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Church is complicated still, but that's, that's crazy. Yeah. You, now I gotta like, now, yeah, you, you brought the turtle out of the shell now because now my ego's a little like, Oh, what did you say about me? <laughs> but the, yeah, I don't know, man, I guess, uh, yeah, that's just crazy. I never yeah. really thought I had that impact. That's cool. Yeah, Thanks I, for sharing. I think yeah. that that's something that society is lacking. Like, in a, I think Thomas is back. Freaking Thomas, dude. <laughs> oh, I love that train. <laughs> <laughs> you, you learn to hate it. Yeah. There's a train that went behind persecuted all the time. Really? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really close. So I, I'm just used to it. And now that same train goes behind where our studio is going to be. Let's oh, go. That's cool. I just kind of serendipity. Now we're all suffering. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? I'll, you're <laughs> suffering. I'm fine. But you're not yeah. sleeping through it. No. Okay. No. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is, like, I feel like that's something our society is missing, is, like, Christians who are real about their faith. Hmm. That's the reason why nobody wants to be a part of it is because everybody's just, like, you know, putting this front up like they're perfect. You know what's so crazy is I thought for years people were. Yeah. Legit, I thought they were. And then when I had my mental break in 2018 and I experienced a whole new side of myself, 
I started to really question that. And then I yeah. started to see it. And then and then I started to freak out, well, am I being real? Am I real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like a whole existential crisis. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just something that's a little different from my upbringing than most people who grew up out here is just yeah. the cultural difference. Is like I'm used to people being who they are are when you first meet them mm-hmm. yeah right. whereas out here it's not that way not at all at that's all. wild to me yeah why do you think that is is that just kind of like a fear thing uh, i think it's like the culture here like you're, you're taught basically from like the age that you're grown up it's like uh i think like parents want picture perfect families mm. and like they don't want to be judged by their neighbor it's like oh you know uh becky doesn't have it together so, which is a thing here, and you she know, be, like gossip she, is you know, a big she thing. She ends up becoming the talk. I can hear of, that person yep. in my head right now. Yeah, she I becomes love the, the Becky. talk of, yeah. of everybody, and that's then, Becky yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking um, Becky. Oh, but yeah, Becky. I think I think that's the thing is like, you know, people are scared of of being their real self, and so like they just put up this front like they're perfect. You know, you lay in a fire ant hill, dude. Man, things change, dude. That's a crazy story. Yeah. Okay, so um, <laughs> so 2018, I started to just gain more awareness of like there's more than what I've been taught, yeah, kind of thing. And then in September, um, one day, my mind just snapped, and I didn't eat, sleep, or drink for about three, four days straight. And then on Friday, September 7th, I had a full blown manic episode where um, I laid in a fire ant hill because I thought God wanted me to lay in a fire ant hill and I ate a mound of dirt because I thought, you know, it would taste good. I thought that um, the thought I had at the time was actually, um, oh, everyone's told me that dirt tastes bad, but God made dirt, so it tastes good. So I took a handful of that and just went to Munchtown, son. I'm telling you, dude. Just like full-blown brunch breakfast on the dirt right there. Yeah. And, um, but in there was some really dark moments, though, where a lot of, I think, my religious trauma started to really surface. Mm-hmm. I thought my family yeah. was possessed. I thought my dad was possessed. I thought yeah. my daughter was possessed. And I tried to exercise them. Mm. And um, put them in in some you know traumatizing um, experiences. Yeah. And but long story short, from there just to cut the details out a little bit. Yeah. I ended up in the hospital that day. Was kept overnight. Um, and while I was at the hospital, I thought I was Enoch. <laughs> Truly believed I was Enoch. I wow. thought that wow. somehow he had. Um, manifested my body and I was some sort of reincarnation of the third prophet in Revelation. Yeah. So, like, for pretty much the next week, I was under um, surveillance. So, I was like, surveillance. I was under hospital care. Yeah. Um, And I thought it was the end of the world. Like, they yeah. had, like, full-blown, like, they had a, um, Obama was on and I started telling the doctor, I was like, look, you see what he said? He said, we don't need a Messiah. That's exactly what the Antichrist would say. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like so thoroughly convinced. And then it was like press play on the movie. 
And it was like, you're just watching yourself perform these things. You don't, you, you see it happening in real time. You think you're the one that's controlling it, but your conscience is in the back screaming, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Right. But the more you continue to do the, the things you're told, that voice just fades away. Right. And so like, by the time I got to the hospital, I was like putting cigarettes in my hand, like telling people about Jesus. And I was like, Mm. I was, I remember like all these conversations I was having with people at the hospital center, like about Jesus. And, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. It was just a very interesting experience with like so many stories in that of itself and like things you see when you're at the center, but it, it, it exposed a big hole in my, in my identity. It exposed a big problem that really took these past five years to uncover, somewhat understand, somewhat gain the reins on. But even now I still, there'll be things that pop up and go, is that, is that real? Is that not real? Am I, you know, where, where am I in my state of mind? What personality is popping up here? You know, how do you like, cause I know like you have faith and that sort of thing. How do you like, I guess, lean on the Holy spirit in those moments now? Hmm. I have to listen to words that don't have my voice, yeah. but have a, an undertone of reason behind them. Yeah. And, and it comes in the form of scripture, but it's in a weird way. It's actually almost a little bit easier to discern than it was before. Yeah. I felt like I was really susceptible to things that sounded like Holy spirit, but might've just been the enemy distorting scripture. Yeah. yeah. You know? So now if it sounds, I know this might, you know, yeah, not sexualized, but if it sounds seductive, yeah. I know right. that's not God. Yeah. Right. I know. And if this is leading me toward goodness and this is leading me toward, you know, what God's will has laid out for me, then yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go down that path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes it requires me to listen to my wife. It mm. requires me yeah. to listen to my friends. It requires me to really seek out the scripture differently than what I've been like kind of taught from certain teachers too. I have yeah. to be kind of careful of like what I listen to and like, right. But, yeah, because it. I mean, like, I res- I listen to the wrong thing. Like, if I listen to too much David Goggins, like, I'm running marathons like <laughs> three days straight, trying to fix myself. I think that's yeah. everybody. Though. I think it's, I think to a degree, like, it's yeah. good to seek that. But like, I mean, when it when it when things start to sound too much like gospel yeah. for my situation, um, in particular, you know that's when I have to really like lean on others or lean on like some sort of truth that yeah. is different than what I was taught. Yeah. yeah. It's like a lot of people, they take, um, you know, anything that they hear as truth and, and they'll even like, um, be super passionate about it and, you know, just like pursue that. Um, but you know, there's no telling like, you know, how far that goes. Yeah. I, I kind of use a tool that I learned. It's called mind mapping. So if I have an idea that's like a little bit extreme, but integrates my faith is like, I'll put it down and then, or either visually or mentally, I'll kind of put that idea in a bubble and then I'll try to like 
find out every which road that idea would go down. Like, mm. is there any road this idea has that leads me toward like Jesus? Does this lead me yeah. toward the cross? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, no, you know, and, yeah. and that's, that's where I kind of have to sit in now. And yeah. it, it's kind of, I don't know. It feels like it takes me a while sometimes. Sometimes it like feels like it takes a little too long, but yeah. it feels safer. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Time. I think I've, that's wisdom, man. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And like yeah. leaning on the people that are around you, like friends that you know you can trust. And like you said, your wife. Um, I think that's huge. Like we were meant to, to do life with people and people that we can trust. And, um, Shoot, man, I have to count on other people's discernment all the time. That's so oh. frustrating. Yeah, yeah, it's extremely frustrating. Well, it's really, it's really hard growing up in the environment that most people do these days. But like, when you find out that your main sources of truth that you had a standard for, mm-hmm. you know, or a standard you lived by to the measure of the yeah. truth these people supplied you with. Mm. Um, that's that's what's so hard is because I trusted the not just um, the statements but the opinions too of oh, these yeah. people and yeah and this is this is truly just out of um, just out of fact like you know I didn't grow up with a spiritual dad and I didn't grow up with my dad you yeah. know my parents were divorced they divorced when I was six so I, I was kind of away from my dad a long time. So by biological nature, I always looked for a mentor. I always looked for someone to fulfill that role. Yeah. And I ended up with this really weird complex where I kind of pulled an ideology from all these different mentors that I had kind of accumulated over a lifetime. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, you know, what that person said wasn't right. That person kind of got it right. Like revisiting that now as an adult, it's, yeah. it's a lot of work, but you know, like, yeah, not having that growing up just made that part of it a little harder. Right. You know, whereas I feel like some people, they, they got that kind of good foundation when they started to transition into adulthood. I, I didn't really start dissecting that until I was like 28. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Real quick. I have to pee so bad. Oh, I do too. <laughs> so we're going to do another I quick I can't tell pee. if I have anxiety or if I have to pee. I, I think, think I it's just a little have bit to of pee. both. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're going to do another quick pee break and we'll be back. So uh, before the pee break, Justin was sharing the story um, and whatnot, uh, a story with us from his life. Um, but I was just wondering, like, how is... I guess to use a Christian word, mm-hmm. what what is like the transformation that come from it? Like, what does your life look like now? Um, how do you feel like you're more healthy and aware? And like, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel healthy one bit. If anything, I feel more aware of my unhealthiness than ever before, and it it's frustrating. I think yeah. that adds a lot to it. Um, maybe, maybe I feel more just, um, just aware of my need for him every second. Not so, not so much every week, every month, every day. Like it's, it's literally every second. I'm constantly thinking about my dependency on him. I'm thinking about, 
you know, God, like, you know, God, what about this moment? What am, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. You know, sorry. Um, You're good. You're yeah. Good, but there's those, those mental moments where I'll lose my footing. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of, it just looks like constant dependency now because yeah. I, I, I need it. And I think that's, yeah, I just need it. I don't yeah. know if everyone does, but like, well, yeah, I think so. And I, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe there's a healthy way and an unhealthy way, but I feel yeah. like awareness of, um, where you're at is, is a good thing is a healthy thing. I guess like you don't know that you need help like mentally or like to work on your mental health and l- until you know that you know you're not healthy mentally that you know? you know what that's that's probably the biggest one is um as a christian i think mental health like in the church is a really hard one to 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 tackle because so much of it has been um identified as sin when maybe it's not sin yeah maybe it's um something else that's a lot simpler yeah. and actually at the same time could be more complicated than just that. Yeah. So I think it's done that for me. It's done good in the sense of the things that I was obsessing about was not actually me. Yeah. It was the thing within me. So yeah. it, it identified sin on a much simpler like spectrum. Yeah. You know? So it's like I'm doing this action right now to satisfy something in me that I don't already that I don't like already. Okay, that's fine. I'll work on that. I don't like that I do yeah. that, so I don't have to do that. Or I can try and figure out ways not to do that. And I guess, like, for me, uh, like, that that's more of what I was trying to get is, like, even, like, really apart from faith, the transformation okay. yeah. that, um, like, just the awareness and, um, you know, oh, being okay. able to, yeah. uh, I guess, like, know whenever you have a thought. um that's not like healthier or whatever, you know, now like you can look at it and you know, like that's not healthy for me or, or I th- whatever. I think being able to identify, um, wise mind thoughts is a lot. Um, I don't want to use the word easier, but I know the language is different now. Like mm-hmm. I, I yeah. know the language between those parts of me. So yeah. I know if the BPT is talking, if the TISM is talking, if the, the trauma is talking, God's talking, wisdom, you know, it, it, it kind of gets a little bit easier to gauge now, yeah. whereas before it was just bombardment. Mm-hmm. But with the tools that I have now, I feel like I have better places for those thoughts. So yeah. if I'm at work, that's where my thoughts about work go. If I'm in the gym, that's where my thoughts about, you know, what am I here for go. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it, it it gives those things a lifelong lasting purpose, yeah. Rather than a seasonal purpose, so you know, like the gym is now something I have where this is my platform before the spiritual world to tackle the that they keep tormenting me with the right. things that they're they're betting on against me, you know. And that's kind of just how my, I don't know, my mind thinks that way is like, you know, if I'm doing something I don't want to do, but I know is for my better health, then before the the heavenly realm, I'm beating the odds of what's against me. 
Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm beating those bets that the principalities have against me. Yeah. So like getting on the treadmill, that's where those thoughts go. Yeah. Right. And then when it's like doing tattoos or if I'm studying for tattoos, it's like, I'm doing this to figure out how to bridge the gap. Yeah. You know, how, how to bring these two worlds and where do I fit yeah. in all of that? So it, it, it definitely helps compartmentalize. Yeah. And I, I think like just the, the awareness of, uh, and the, I guess like the awareness of pursuing mental health yeah, and then like, uh, knowing how you go about it and having those tools and stuff now that kind of came from that situation. Yeah, um, definitely. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't be on this track. I don't even think I would have the shop today if it, if it weren't for that in a way. Yeah. You know, if you were to trace it back, like I, I prayed to be a different person and this is part of that. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's hard because you have to acknowledge the hurt that you caused others going through it. But, you know, like I think in that way too, you also get to be reintroduced to the people that are most for you too. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, you get, you get a little bit. That's another cool physical thing that Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, on a lighter note, um, (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean lighter? (laughs) Um, well, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, No, Um, it's okay. You're okay. And you never finished the story about how the, the, uh, Oh yeah. The process of the shop. Oh yeah. And by so, the way, no. <laughs> um, I think yeah. like you were kind of in the, in the midst of, uh, talking about you were getting the permit for, uh, the building that was being built. There's a bunch of hangups. Well, okay. So, um, the building was not originally mine. It was owned by, um, another person and, um, it was going to be the village revival building. I was going to be a tenant at this building. Yeah. And um, so, like I had mentioned, there was just hang up after hang up. And and last year, we were able to get the special exception approved to allow for what at that time was Village Tattoo to operate in the Village West Greenville. So it was like, cool, we did it. First tattoo shop allowed in downtown Greenville. Awesome. But it didn't technically happen yet because the building was still being built. So... um, flash or fast forward to (laughs) October 14th, I get a call from the landlord that the building had been burnt down. And he asked, he's like, Hey, you've been on the street. I was like, no, he's like, well, it's gone. And so naturally we drove over and looked at it. And I know, I don't really know what happened actually still. I haven't been kind of filled in on that, but, um, someone had burned it down out of negligence. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of a big halt. It was like, okay, well now what, you know, and we waited a week and we were told it was going to be, um, they were going to start reconstruction right away. I was like, okay, cool. Like how long? And they're like, well, it'll actually take faster because you know, they've done all the hard stuff already and the hangups that they had, they don't have to do those again. So it was kind of just a no brainer. It's like, okay, yeah, well, we'll wait then if it's only going to be a couple months. Well, then February, I get a call from the landlord and he, he kind of explains the situation that he's not really sure when the building's going to be completed. And he kind of keeps getting the runaround. And, you know, during this time I'm kind of going through, um, some 
a situation with my mom and, um, you know, the situation that we were in with working at my dad's was kind of putting a strain on that relationship. Just, you know, it wasn't really working out well. Working with family is tough. It is tough. Yeah. I I worked with my dad, uh, all throughout my teenage years and, um, I guess some of my adult years as well. Um, and I didn't know that it's, a. I mean, he, he works in construction, so I was doing that for a while and, um, it definitely puts a strain on your relationship. And since I've been out of that, our relationship is so much better. That's how ours was. I, I personally feel, I don't know how my dad would feel about that, but I felt like when I left in 2020, um, it didn't really happen on good terms. It, It was kind of a, you know, fallout, so to speak. Um, you know, I really believe hurt people, they hurt people. Uh-huh. And my yep. wanting to go start another business, um, it I think it I think it kind of caught my dad by surprise. And you know, so he he kind of I think I think that relationship just got confused in that moment and thought that I was someone trying to take his territory kind of thing. And which is a very big thing in tattooing for some reason. So um when I went back there last year, my buddy Brett and I, who I'm going to be working with, he... Brett's the man, too. Brett is the man, dude. I love <laughs> Brett so much. I'm so happy I get to tattoo with him. Yeah. Um, but I was teaching him to tattoo, and so, you know, when we found that the building burnt down, I was like, well, we're going to need somewhere a little bit more permanent than where I was at, because our lease was up, the location we were at. So I called my dad, and he was like, yeah, you can come work for a little bit. I'm like, cool. And... So it, it, it did put a, I think for me, if not for my dad, at least for myself, yeah, put that strain back on something that felt so familiar yeah. that I was, you know, trying to get away from. I was like this, you yeah. know, the stimulus of the environment was too familiar to a part of me that I was trying to crucify, so to speak. Yeah. So it was, it was just kind of making this just like unspoken tension between my dad and I in my mind. But, um, so I get a call from the landlord in February and he just kind of loosely mentions, he's just not sure when this is going to happen. You know, he gets told next week, next week. And it, and you know, which was the story of this building. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I understand completely. He's like, but I'll, I'll give you a deposit and you can get started somewhere right away. I was like, okay, cool. So I was, I was kind of bummed, honestly, because, you know, I waited so long for it. At that point, I was willing to wait a couple more months, yeah. you know. But he, granted, like, he he had done so much for us. And I'm so grateful for him. Like, he yeah. was really the one that really made it happen. Like, yeah. so I'm, I'm so grateful. You can shout him. him out if you want. Oh, yeah, Joseph Bradley. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I'm so grateful for him. Um, so we went to Looking right away. And we found a location in the salt box which if you guys are familiar with it, it's basically right next to village grind. Mm -hmm. There's like little studio spots in there. Yeah. And cool place. It was cool and it would have been perfect, but what ended up happening, you just put a bunch of money into renovating the space. Yeah, we did. We, I like painted the walls. I put the flash up. I was like this, this spot will work. And I had some concerns regarding a, you know, quote unquote blue law that, tattooers have to overcome and it's we have to measure a thousand feet from a church school or a playground which i think is insane isn't that wild yeah 
absolutely insane. And and if you try to even like trace it down to like why would someone do that? Yeah. There's there's no real logical. It's just answer. one of those 800 1800 laws that was yeah, 100% you know, established and yeah. Yeah, it, I mean like the 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 title of it being a blue law is kind of fitting because it's like it was it's almost exactly something they would have done during the prohibition era. Um yeah. so like yeah, poured a bunch of money into getting this place ready because I kind of um, naively thought that they would work with us like they did on the first location, which was like figuring out a measurement that worked. And come to find out that when the building burnt down in October, DHEC got a new staff over the tattoo facility department, but also got new... Um, or not, they didn't get new ones, but all the top executives, like top three executives, like left, like right at that time. So everything just shifted within those past couple months. Wow. <laughs> Whereas before it was kind of like, oh, yeah. you know, kind of chill. Yeah. Um, you had already been through the process. Been through the process. So I was like, yeah, this spot will work because you just walk around this way and it'll measure yeah. out. And they didn't do that. They showed up and wow. they measured it the way that they wanted to. And it was like, well, since you're here, can you try this spot for us so that I can know, so just so that I know it'll work? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. And so they measured it, and he's like, yeah, this spot's great. If you know, if uh, if I'm if I'm the one on the call when they, you know, schedule us to come back and measure it again, I won't even show up. I'll just stay home. I'm like, oh, cool. And then we're <laughs> that set, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, done um, and done. A week later, I think it was March third. I get a phone call from DHEC and they're like, can you remind me again what spot you, you wanted to have your tattoo shop in? And I gave them the address and they're like, okay, well, we're going to need to go do um, another measurement. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I know the guy had mentioned that, but he did measurement, measure it. So do you need to do that again? He's, and she said, well, yeah, we, we have to because it's a new location. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, And they, they had been really cool. Um, so I didn't really think much of it. Yeah, but they come and do the measurement and they actually didn't give me a heads up when they were coming. I, I actually spotted them measuring at a different location. Um, they went to this after um, after school program building that had a sign in their front yard that said worship service Sundays, 12 p.m. What? So because of that, they then assumed it was a church and i had explained to them before well i had already you know kind of um refuted this back in back last year when i was applying for the location that burnt down yeah and so they were like well you know she says she's a church and it's and I'm kind of like doe-eyed at them. Like, <laughs> no, like I, I've already fought this. This should be in your records. Like what's going yeah. on? And then we, uh, we kind of did the little song and dance and they're like, well, I can either confirm or deny that we have that. What? I was like, what do you, what do you mean? We can record that. They just like, <laughs> like he just like kind of subtly threw it in there and I just caught it. I don't know if it was from like watching one too many like Joe Rogan podcasts or something, <laughs> but I was like, why are you talking legal with me here for a second? And he's like, and I was like, what do you, what do you mean you can't confirm or deny that you have evidence that I passed 
this measurement last year. And he's like, well, you know, we're a new facility seeing this, we're new staff seeing this department. Um, and so I was like, okay, so you don't have anything that says that I passed that measurement last year. He says, unless you have something that we don't. So I started like sending everything I have. I started researching into the facility, like trying to figure out like, what was this thing? And only to come up that, you know, this wasn't by the state standards, like a church, but because DHEC takes liberty in the way that they translate church, that's where the problem is. They, yeah. they determine a church to be any place where a form of worship is taking place. Mm-hmm. So this could be considered a church. Form, yeah, form of worship. Yeah. Jeez. And it, and there's no there's no rules on that. It's just like they have the judgment call to make. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Oof. And which is where the problem is is which that is dangerous in the yeah, south. <laughs> the jurisdiction should not rest in a health department. It right. should rest in the state alone. Yeah. But so because of that is that they've had to take it into their hands to interpret what this means. Yeah. So, because she has a sign in the front yard that says worship on Sundays at 12, makes it a church. Wow. So, we, I was sweating because I was like, well, I've already gone through all this. I've already told you guys. Like, you already done I've, it once. And, and I, yeah. And I asked him, I was like, how have I paid you $750 in fees Oof. to get my inspection done if I didn't first pass this measurement? And they, they kind of paused for a second. Let me, let me get you on the phone <laughs> with someone else. And so I'm on the phone with the next person up. You know, you start working your way up the ladder. And she goes, well, you, you just have to understand that if they do worship there, they're a church. And, like, it was like finally, like, big boy Justin came out and was like, why do I need to understand anything here when I've already done this? I've yeah. already gotten approved. I've paid you $750 in inspection fees. Let me call you back. <laughs> And like we were, we were hanging out at the studio, like you know, at the new spot that, like I, I had just gotten again. So we were at the salt box. I moved all the stuff out of there to go to this new location. I was on some sort of different indignation that I've never felt before. I'm, yeah. I'm like carrying the furniture on my back down Pendleton Street, like <laughs> just so, just oh my gosh, I'm just gonna. You know, I'm just going to baby rage all over the place, man. Put me in a damn diaper, son. I'm like like fumbling furniture into the street. It's a mess. I'm a hot mess down Pendleton right now. And everybody's looking like, what, what is, is this, this wacko ant feeding mother doing down here? <laughs> and um, so, like, I, I get all my stuff over into the new spot and like we're we're sitting there chilling like it's pretty much halfway done at this point and i just like surrendered like truly i was just like i i can't do it i can't do this like if it means like i have to take out another business like this is just too much like yeah because what it what it was feeling like it was gonna have to take was you know disproving something yeah and i was like I'm, i really don't want to go you're not about gonna this. do this again yeah and i was just like lord please tell me what to do and like i i give up like i surrender like i i don't even know what to say at this moment i didn't i didn't want to give up the shop but i was just yeah. like felt like i kind of had to <clears throat> it was and like this there was no uh 
Like there was no it happening. Like every single time yeah. you tried to see it through, it, it, just, it was a wall. It was yeah. the wall. It was like yeah. this is it. And so like I surrendered. I just told the Lord like, all right, um, just please, just whatever you're gonna do, make it quick. And two hours later, I got a phone call from DHEC, and they approved the location. Let's they, go. They got That's crazy, the. Dude. They finally got a hold of the person that oversaw our case last year and talked to them, and they were able to get down to the bottom of like what happened. Yeah. And so, long story short, with that, we got it approved, and we started just working on it right away, and we got our special exception again through the city. So we opened two tattoo shops <laughs> technically <laughs> downtown. <laughs> the first one never got off the ground, but that was the launch pad for the second one, and. Um, yeah, now I got my business license. We got our occupancy permit. Now we're just waiting on the last yeah. inspection for DHEC, and they come out and they give us the okay. Cool. So, I mean, it's still in process of being opening mm-hmm. um, or being opened. Um, so you're not open yet, but we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, finally. Like, actually, <laughs> and, it, and it's like the scary kind of light where it's coming at you way too fast and you yeah. were prepared for all these years. I mean, I've been working, <laughs> I've been trying to do this for what? three years yeah almost three years now yeah you know so it's like i still have a little bit of that that part of me that goes is this really happening and then it and then like the next day i'll get a phone call from someone like okay time to wake up it's happening <laughs> well hopefully by the time this airs it'll be open and running and ready to go i know i feel that i'm we're so excited i've got um it's gonna be me um kelton cox and brett wilbanks mm. we'll, so we'll we're just going to do a three-man cruise, start yeah. off, and yeah. the spot is really, really comfortable and really clean, and it's in an older building too, so it's got like some really cool history and bones to yeah. it. Like it's a really good vibe. So let's go. He's also about to tattoo my hand, so this is going to be <laughs> so. Derek, fun. Derek said we were all getting super small tattoos, super simple, and then he comes in with a shark with like seven different colors. And hey, look, in I, the most Derek just, okay, way ever. Justin designed this tattoo. And I told him, I said, you do what you want with it. And that's what he's that's doing. That's not how it went. This is a flash <laughs> that was painted like well, two years ago. I don't know that. I just said, what you got? And he sent me a picture. I was like, bet. Bet. Um, no, I'm, I'm pumped. I really like this one. So, okay. little. Let's go a little more lighthearted now. Because uh, we're going to start wrapping up soon. But what is the worst tattoo story you have? So there was that's tattoo or people or whatever. So there was a time period there where I, um, I don't really remember a lot of my tattooing career (laughs) (laughs) for, for, for reasons that I'll keep private, but there was, so I don't know if this is the worst one, (laughs) (laughs) the worst one that you know of. I was, I think it was like my second year in and it was like 10 o'clock at night. And these two just sawed off humans straight out of like Timbuktu just come in, right? And they're like cracked out of their mind. You just know like they're on drugs, like ice blue eyes. Oof. And I was like, oh, I know that one. I, I got a couple of you as family members back in California. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, hey, Auntie. <laughs> but they just started like they're just kind of dizzy and you know swaying side to side and like I want to get a cover up and they they're like 
like really like trying to sell us on like why they need to get this done tonight. And I was like, and I, and mind you, like I'm at a very like impressionable state and like, I'm learning the ropes. I'm figuring stuff out. And my dad's like, you're going to learn tonight, you know? And (laughs) 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 it's like, okay, here we go. And so I'm, I'm doing um, a cover up on her ankle and he's doing a cover up. My dad's doing a cover up on his wrist. And they start getting in a fight for some reason. They're like yelling at each other. I mean, like yelling at each other. And and I just like I'm kind of sh- shocked. I'm like I don't know what to do. I'm just kind of like sitting there, just tattooing. Like, is this where I say something? And all of a sudden, she goes, Daryl. Yes. What's my name? And he, she, he goes, Sharon. And she loses her. I mean, like coming straight out of the chair. Like I've never seen someone so mad. And it was like, I was so timid at this time in my life. And I was like, why don't you just sit down and then you can get tattooed. Then y'all can deal with this later. And it was like the one time where like I had enough. (laughs) I was like, this is enough. And she just, she just slumped back in the chair and just gave the, like, I think she probably killed him later, if I'm being honest. Like, just have that look of murder in her So eyes. is that not her name? No. Yeah. <laughs> if that wasn't clear, no, that wasn't her name. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Man. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pretty grateful I don't have, like, I didn't really have a crazy tattoo environment. You know, yeah. some people have wild stories. Like, yeah. Like, my dad, like, had like guns to his head oh my like word. when he was working like for like gang members and yeah and you know certain shops like my dad's really got like he had it really hard like that yeah. like that's hard but mine just a couple like goofy yeah. scenarios you yeah. know i would say i'm probably the more like privileged tattooer when it comes to like the people you tattoo <laughs> <laughs> yeah well justin i just want to say dude thanks for coming and hanging Absolutely. being on the yeah, podcast man. thank you for having me this was a lot of fun this was really cool yeah. this is a really cool experience so uh you guys uh hit up justin walker on instagram dm him uh, what's the, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you about getting tattooed? Yeah, um, on my Instagram, I have a link tree that takes you to all of my socials and to my contact info. Right now, things are kind of in limbo, so yeah. just sending me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Yeah. Um, but just come by the shop and check it out. Hopefully, Sweet. by the time this airs, we'll be up and running. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Um, dude. Thanks for the tattoos as well. Yeah, absolutely. Always, always Thank great you. work. Tattoos thanks, are great. Pain sucks, but thanks. That's yeah. all right. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to apologize. Uh, I know that Will and Paul tell me I apologize for everything whenever it's unnecessary. You apologize for apologizing. <laughs> but, I'm sorry. For sorry. <laughs> um, I know this has been a little bit of a longer episode, um, but it's been fun yeah. uh, hanging out with Justin. It has taken a little while to get tattooed. Um, so, but thanks thanks guys for sticking around um and we will see you next time on the late night social peace appreciate it